Yeah. Hello and welcome to a Big 12 Football Media Days edition of the Cyclone Insider Podcast. I'm Travis Hines, joined by Randy Peterson inside AT&T Stadium here in Arlington, Texas, where we just wrapped up day one of two days at AT&T Stadium hearing from the Big 12's coaches, players, and commissioner. Randy, I think the headliner today was obviously Commissioner Brett Yormark, who didn't really break a lot of news, but had plenty to say. Yeah, he did. He he said a lot, but nothing that rose to um, breaking news headline to the breaking news headline um, level. I mean, he started out right away, early, said, "I'm you guys are going to want to know about expansion," and I and I'm not going to give you any answers. He said, he said, essentially said. It's on the table, and, and and left it at that. I wanted more answers from him. I wanted more, um, more substance. Maybe that was just a pipe dream. I don't know, but it's it's been my gosh, it's been a year, and we've talked about Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Colorado, Gonzaga, Cincinnati, or Gonzaga and Connecticut. We've talked about these teams. Do something. It's 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 time to act. I mean, I'm not the only one that's tired of it. I mean, reporters are normally impatient about things like that anyway, but fans are impatient too. They've been hearing about it. They've been hearing all the rumors for a year. Um, they want finality. They want to know what the heck's going on. So that's kind of where I am right now on that. Yeah, my suspicion is that the Big 12 has probably done about as much as it can do with regards to the four corner schools and the Pac-12. And ultimately now it's going to be what number does George Klyakov, the Pac-12 commissioner, come back with for their media deal? If it's a number that is close to the Big 12, you're probably moving on to plan B in terms of realignment mm-hmm. if you're the Big 12. If it's significantly less or presents less linear options, then I think you're going to see those four schools look pretty uh, longingly in the Big 12's direction. But I think the for in terms of what the Big 12 can do and certainly say publicly, I think they've probably done it all right now. Now it's a waiting game to see what that Pac-12 number comes back in. I think that'll be the determining factor from here on out. Yeah, and like I said, this is just my impatience. I mean, I mean, I think it's all of us are impatient about it. I, I kind of did an informal poll of about three or four people in the room of probably 400 reporters. I don't know how many there are here. But, um, yeah, and I... And I and we and like you alluded to, we don't know how many how many teams are going to be in either. I mean, your said talked out of both sides of his mouth. He said he said uh, he likes he said he likes twelve, but then again, fourteen's not a bad number either. Um, so I don't know where it's going to end up. And it would be sixteen if they take the four corner schools as well, because they'll drop back to twelve, losing Oklahoma and Texas, and, and then add 16. four. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, to good. match the Big Ten and SEC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what. Yeah. And and they can do whatever they want in Iowa State or Iowa State. Um, the Big Twelve is not going to get the, to the level of the of the SEC and the Big Ten. But but nonetheless, I mean to to be number the number three power conference, I and mean, they're going to do that. And and I give your mark credit. I mean I've got to. I mean he's he he was hired to get a TV deal done, and he did it. I mean he did it sooner than a lot of people expected. He got more money than a lot of people probably expected. Um, and, and you know the other stuff that he that he's doing is is good, I guess. No, it is good. <laughs> it is good. I mean, since they gave, since they went away from playing a a conference football game in Mexico, it is good. I mean, I, I don't I don't have a problem with with having a having your fingers in in four time zones, which that's that's his ultimate goal. There's no question about that. 
100% it's his, it's his ultimate goal. I don't have a problem with any of that. I mean, I think it's good. I think this, I think it needs, like he said, what was that? What was that? He said hipper and something or other. Uh, younger, cooler. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like it's, yeah. it's easy to draw a distinction between your mark, who is very much taught, very corporate, very brand centric from Bob's Bob Bowlesby, who was very much a buttoned up academic. It seemed like, you know, obviously coming up uh, the way he did versus your mark, you know, in the entertainment business. Um, we should probably note that Iowa State won't hit the podium until tomorrow with Matt Campbell going, I believe, at 115. He'll be joined by Jalen Knoll, TJ Tampa, Bo Freeler, and Gary Vaughn hey, uh, tomorrow. Yeah, I got them all. Um, so today was not yet Iowa State's time at the podium. Um, I think maybe the most notable thing for Iowa State fans today was the announcement that your mark made that they're in discussions with Kansas City to keep the men's and women's basketball program or uh, tournaments in Kansas City which I imagine was uh, very very welcome news uh, to Iowa State and uh, Cyclone fans yeah and and they're keeping the the football championship here for a long time and and so yeah I think I think your mark did a good job he evaluated He's, he stood back and watched last year to see how how um, um, how how entertaining both of them both of them were, but specifically the basketball at at eight whatever it's called. Now I don't even know what it's called. Um, T-Mobile Arena. T-Mobile Arena, yeah, in downtown Kansas City. But uh, yeah, I so I, I he had to do that. He had no other choice. I mean, what are they going to do? I don't know what they what they would do. He had no other choice. So that that's a good thing, and yes, Iowa State fans should embrace that, and they will, because um, at least from the men's standpoint, they're going to be pretty darn good the next few years. Um, I'm still not 100% on board with playing the women's tournament before the men's tournament, but your mark inherited that one, so I'll give him a pass on that. But uh, yeah, it's uh, that's 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 good news. And one other thing for Iowa State fans, Ashley Jones. Um, was was named uh, uh, the Big Twelve female female athlete of the year, which was which was kind of cool. Um, that's uh, and they also said they're 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 naming that award for Bob Bowlesby, so it's the Bob Bowlesby Athlete of the Year award, which was which was really cool, not kind of cool, which was really cool. And on the on on the men's side, Max Duggan at TCU um, got the got the men's got the men's award. Three Iowans, one award. And I was just going to say something about a fourth one, if you, if, if, if I didn't interrupt, if you'll indulge, no, if you'll indulge me, and um, uh, Caitlin Clark, I mean, was was named the, the female athlete of the year in the Big Ten. So that's that's three. That's 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 Ashley Jones, that's Max Duggan, that's Caitlin Clark. That's three kids who played Iowa High, who came up through the Iowa high school ranks. That's that's pretty good. That's pretty darn good. So yeah, I mean, so it was a, it was a, it was an interesting. Like that, uh, Mike Gundy was was his normal Mike Gundy, um, you know. Says it's and rightly so. Says it's all Oklahoma's fault for not for not continuing the Oklahoma Oklahoma State Bedlam series. Um, um, talked a little bit, chatter about the portal. Dave Aranda, I thought, I thought, kind of, kind of, uh, um, bared his soul on the on the transfer portal last year. He had four guy. It got four guys in the transfer portal, and I don't remember what their record was. But um, he said that was a mistake. He said he said he should have embraced it more. And this year they've got fourteen 
um, from the transfer portal. And he said some good things about that too, that interesting things about it, that, that when you get guys from the transfer portal, you're taking a job away from somebody that's already on the team. Um, <coughs> so that's tough. I and mean, that's, that's the kind of guy Aranda is. I mean, he's a very emotional guy. He's very well thought. Um, the guy and, and um, so that's, that's pretty much was my takeaways from, from today. Yeah, we heard from BYU's Kalani Sataki and Houston's Dana Holgerson as the two newcomers uh, in the Big 12. I, I thought that they, you know, what you heard from them is that it's a time of transition, but they don't, I think, anticipate it taking long or are hopeful that it won't take them long to immediately compete in the Big 12. And I had kind of forgotten that Holgerson was the coach when West Virginia made this transition from the Big East to the Big 12 uh, a decade ago, that his first year as head coach there was actually when the Mountaineers were in the Big East. So he's got at least a little bit of knowledge of what this takes, you know, albeit at a, a bigger level going from the AAC to the, the Big 12. Um, we'll hear from UCF and Cincinnati tomorrow about their uh, challenges and opportunities ahead. But, you know, it's obviously, you know, we talked about the portal. We've talked about realignment and the whole deal. It, it is a time of incredible change. Uh, in college athletics. I'm sure that'll be the theme again tomorrow uh, when we hear from the other seven schools in the Big 12. Yeah, I don't know where the, I, and where's it end. I have no idea. I don't think any of us know where it ends. I don't know where will this, where will this college football world be in, in, in 10 years? Where will the Big 12 be in 10 years? Um, I, I don't know. It'd be, it's, it, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, it was... I don't know how many years ago, there were people saying the Big 12 was dead. I mean, some national people who are well-respected saying the Big 12 conference was dead. Remember that, Travis? They were saying the Big 12 was dead. It was the not Big, that long ago. Yeah, the Big 12 is far from dead right now. I mean, and it's, and it, it's going to keep thriving. So, um, yeah, so I guess just hang on tight and see where we go. Anything you're hoping, anticipating hearing from Matt Campbell tomorrow? <laughs> A big gambling uh, update? <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a gamble. Um, yeah, a big gambling update, which, yeah, I want to hear that. I want to hear that, too. But, but I get that one. I get it because it's, it's, it's hard to explain. But a simple way to say it is they're not just making stuff up when they say that it's still an open investigation. This isn't going to be easy. We heard that from the very beginning. When the DCI is involved in something, that it's don't expect – exactly an overnight resolution to to anything and i don't think the dci really cares that the football season starting in six weeks i, I mean i think ultimately they're going to do what they've got to do but i do get the impression that they're not naive to the fact that the longer the closer this gets to football season the more heat they're going to feel publicly and maybe that ultimately doesn't matter to them but certainly i think they're aware of that but the, the problem for iowa and iowa state is no matter when the DCI wraps up this investigation or at least the pieces of it that can maybe release the football players, you know, into the NCAA eligibility grinder is that that's going to, that process doesn't go fast either. So there is the, the timetable isn't, you know, the first game is September 2nd. It's when does the when can Iowa state submit information to the NCAA to see what kind of penalties these players may ultimately be seeing, whether it's the, uh, reduced penalties that we saw get announced uh, earlier a few weeks ago or if there's more to this we just don't know and I think there is going to be a lot of layers and complexity to this where it's it's going to take time both 
on the DCI's end and then on Iowa State's end and trying to get information to the NCAA. And if you're if you're Matt Campbell, do you you've got a pretty good idea who's who's involved? Presumably, I don't think yeah. they've said that, but that no, would be our idea. No, they've not said that, but yeah. I think presumably yeah. they they know or they they have an idea. How do you how do you pres- how do you proceed with practice? I yeah, mean, which starts in like two weeks, by the way. Yeah, exactly, okay. and and you know I. I've heard that all the, you know, you and I have heard names. We've both heard names. Well, I've heard all those names or all those people are are participating in, in the workouts right now. So with the team, but, or at least are, are at the workouts. So, man, I don't know. I mean, Matt Campbell's, that's a, that's a tough situation. How many do these guys practice? How much, you know, do you anticipate they're going to be eligible on the first? For the first game, or for the Iowa game, or for the Cincinnati game, or or, or whatever that would be, Ohio, Ohio game, yeah, I, I I don't know. Yep, those are questions that I'm sure will be asked tomorrow. We'll be what, asked. what kind of uh, answers yes. uh, they may receive is a whole another story. But we will find out uh, here in less than 24 hours from AT and T Stadium and Big 12 Football Media Days. He's Randy Peterson. I'm Travis Hines. Be sure to check out Des Moines Register com for all our coverage here uh, from Big 12 Media Days where we will have stuff from today and tomorrow and throughout the football season. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time.